Hello and welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hello, you guys. Happy Wellness Wednesday. This is my first official podcast that I'm recording from my new office, the podcast that's releasing next week with Dr. Carrie Jones. I recorded, I just recorded the intro for that in my new office. And so you'll hear me say that and you'll hear me say why I moved to this new office. So you'll probably hear it twice, but I'm, I still have my same chiropractic office. It's in Canandaigua that I practice out of Chosen Athletics. That office is still there. But for all the online and virtual stuff that I do, I love having something set up at home. And we have just recently moved. And I will spare you guys from hearing this twice in a row because I realized I talked about this on next week's episode. But anyways, so yeah, I'm here in this in my new little office. I love it. It's so cute. Like I... I just, I absolutely love it. It's perfect. I'm at my standing desk and I'm just going to be sharing all the things today because it's a solo episode. So I, yeah, just kind of like a life update. I'm, we've moved and it was a really busy weekend. I'm so incredibly thankful for our family that have, that have helped us. And it's just nice to be in an area that there's just so much more going on. We were in such a small town before and I had to drive probably 30 minutes to like the closest marshals. And like, you don't realize how depriving that is until just the other day, I was not even a 15 minute drive from where Nick and I went to undergrad, which is like my favorite thing in the world. It's in Pittsburgh, New York, and there's a Pittsburgh dairy, which they have like a creamery and we didn't go there, but it's so good. They've got Pittsburgh has everything. It's got the best Wegmans in the entire world. And if you've never been to a Wegmans, I'm really sorry, but the Wegmans started in Rochester and the Pittsburgh Wegmans is the best. There's a Trader Joe's, which I used to be all hyped on Trader Joe's until I really realized like how much of their crap has vegetable oil in it. So I do still go there once in a while because I do love their liver pate. But other than that, I can pretty much get everything else. We're really close to a really awesome farmer's market that I posted about a few weeks ago. Oh my God, it was so great. It's, it has meat, it has tons of different sprouts and vegetables and soaps and plants and oh my God, it, it was great. So we're just so close to so many things and it just, it makes me so happy. So, so, so happy. So I'm hoping you guys can still hear the wind chimes. I probably will record some podcasts out on our deck because I have my really big chimes out there. Plus the backyard is very, very windy, but my office, my home office is in like the front of our house. And so I do have some wind chimes out front. I'm not sure if you guys will be able to hear it as much, but I know that when I posted on my wind chimes, I know that when I posted the wind chimes on my story the other day, so many of you commented saying that you love hearing it and how much you love it. And you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast before, how special it is to me. But if you haven't, wind chimes are really special to me because it just reminds me of my mom who had passed away from breast cancer in December. And, um, you know, it's just something that we share because right before she had passed, I told her to, even if she wasn't near me to always let me know that she was around with a whisper and like the whisper, I said, you know, it could be like the wind, right mom. And she's like, okay, I could do that. And so like, that's, I'm not going to cry when I'm on this podcast, but that's, that's why I love the wind chimes. It just makes me feel 
it's just so relaxing. Last night I was listening to frogs chirping and a pond that's close and the wind chimes and that just, it just makes me feel really at peace. And so having that on the podcast is like having a piece of my mom in the podcast with you guys. So anyways, little kind of life update. I've got Rush sitting on my little chair here. He's my little Maine Coon rescue cat. And then Tala is to my right. They love being here with me when I record. They give me such little good energy. They're so cute. I love my little fur babies. I had so many people ask when I was posting pictures of our house, they're like, oh, well, your children grow up there. And, you know, Nick and I are, are young. We're only 26. I'm going to be 27 this August. God, I forgot a second. So we're going to wait a little bit. We're going to enjoy married life. You know, hopefully we have no problem having kids, you know, because hormones and everything is important. That's why it's important to me. We do want, we do want to very much so have kids, but not anytime soon. So our fur babies right now are our kids and potentially our kids will grow up in this house. They probably will. So, but for the meantime, we are just loving our cat and our dog who we literally love them both to pieces. So yeah, I will continue sharing more of the new house, the new space and how much we absolutely love it. So you guys can catch up with that on social media, on my Instagram at Dr. Haley Schaff. I am also sharing some on my business page too, which I started alpha.chiro.health.wellness. Um, or you could just do my, the, my practice alpha Cairo health wellness. I started that page just to share more of like my office openings and things, but I really love sharing kind of all aspects, kind of like of the behind the scenes of my business and just different aspects of my business that I don't necessarily get on my Dr. Haley Schaff page. So if you're not following that one, check that one out because I am pretty active on there. I share a lot of what I, how I work with people both virtually or in office. I share a lot of like office openings, flash openings, whether it's virtual or in office, I guess I share both. I share a lot of different programs and things. And so while I'm kind of talking about programs, I know that I've been really talking about doing some type of metabolic health program. And last night was like the first night and I feel like forever that my mind was actually racing and I couldn't actually concentrate on falling asleep. I have a whoop and it to- it tells me, you know, my latency on how, how much it takes me to fall asleep. Usually it's zero minutes. As soon as my head is a pillow, zero to one minute is typically what I'm at. 16 minutes. I was sitting up, tossing, turning, thinking, and that's when I should have just had a piece of paper next to my bed and just jotted everything down because it will be there tomorrow. But between estimated taxes and this online coaching group I want to do. So anyways, you guys have asked about doing some type of metabolic group coaching, and I've kind of alluded to it. And then I was thinking in the logistics of it and I really, I do want to do it. And that is definitely something that's in the works right now. So stay tuned for that. But there is so much going on, you guys. I haven't even shared this with you, but I'm taking another certification. The I'm do, um, I'm in a course right now to become an integrative health practitioner. So I currently have my doctor of chiropractic. I have my master's of applied clinical nutrition. I have an ISSA in strength and conditioning. I have I have a few different just extra little certifications, but I really wanted a little bit more in-depth on reading some functional labs. I just wanted to to expand my knowledge on what I currently have. And I think this helps kind of broaden my scope a little bit, especially being in New York. It can be a little tricky with ordering stuff like that. So I'm working through that right now. So I've got that. We've moved. And so there's been kind of a lot of moving pieces, but I am still very much so planning on creating that metabolic coaching group. 
it's going to probably be like a four week group coaching. I ideally would love to have everybody wear continuous glucose monitors because Nick and I both have our NutriSense monitors here that I've had for months now, and we just haven't found the perfect time to wear them. And I figured that it would be a perfect time when we, when we all could do it together. So I'm either thinking it's going to be like a July, August thing, or potentially even maybe like a September thing. So I'm just, I'm trying to think of time stuff because, you know, before we get going, you know, summer's like already halfway, you know, by the time the program's launched. So just thinking of the logistics of timing, you know, if you want to make sure that you know about it, make sure that you're following me on social media, make sure that, you know, check in with my stories. Cause I, I'm, I try to be as, um, what I'm looking for. I try to be like very open and honest about what I'm doing, what I'm working on with you guys on my stories. So, um, you can check that out. And also you guys can check out my email, my newsletter. So I send, I just kind of send like small little things here and there. It's not crazy, but I do provide some good value on top of what I'm providing. I share a lot of different podcasts that I'm doing. I'll do different promos via my email. Um, it's definitely nothing that I'm spamming you with or like essays long of things because I personally don't like to read essays. I kind of like to give you, here's what you guys should be checking out. Here's the link. Here's a pretty picture because that makes it like a picture of what I'm talking about because I just, I don't like reading a lot of words. I already read a ton <laughs> in an email. I want people to tell me like where I need to go for this information, what I need to do. And that's kind of what I do in my email. So make sure you're subscribed to my email list if you are not already, because I, will be sending out details on that. And it'll probably be a limited spot basis for this metabolic coaching. It's going to probably be capped. I'm not sure exactly what it's, what I'm going to cap it at yet, but it will be definitely capped because I want to make sure that the people who are in it are getting, are getting my attention and you know, that they feel like there's like a small little community aspect to it as well. So like I said, we'll probably, I'd, ideally I'd like to have everyone wear the NutriSense monitors so that we can see you know, individuality. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk about in this episode today is everybody always asks, what is the best diet to follow? What is the best diet to follow? What is the best diet? I don't know what is perfect for you, but everybody is so different. But I think that along with, you know, the metabolism course that I'm trying to build out, wearing a continuous glucose monitor, at least for my trial that I did a few months ago when I wore it, I learned so much about myself. I learned how certain foods affect me, how eating at certain times affect me, which no matter what fitness coach tells you, as long it doesn't matter what time you eat, as long as you hit your macros, that's the biggest crock of crap I've ever heard because it really does affect a lot of people. So, you know, timing matters and what you eat matters and how you're feeling or how stressed you are when you're eating matters or just how you're stressed because stress was the biggest thing that drove my glucose levels up. So... I think that that's just very cool to, to be able to find what's bio-individual. And, you know, if you listen to the podcast that I did last week with Dr. Stephanie, even just changing your diet throughout the month as our hormones are changing is really important depending on what season you're in or even like, you know, cause in the summer I'm going to eat a lot more fruits because they're in season and they're fresh. And so I will eat them more. Whereas in the winter I don't. And so it's just, it's going to be interesting to see that. Cause in the winter I wasn't eating, I think I wore the glucose monitor in February. So if we wear it again in July, August, September, around that time, it will be interesting to just see the difference because I will be including, you know, more in season carbs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So 
I really think that it's a really great way to show you how bio-individual you are because one person can eat a banana and they stay totally flat, whereas other people might eat a banana and it drives their glucose up to that of a diabetic. And that is different depending on the person, their activity, their muscle mass, their body. And so it's like that with so many different foods. And I think it's just really cool. It's not something that you have, you shouldn't have to wear a CGM or a continuous glucose monitor forever, but being able to wear it to, so you can just see, oh, wow, this is how this affects me. Good to know. And then you can make your lifestyle choices and changes around that. I think that that's a really powerful thing, honestly. So that's kind of, again, what I wanted to get into today is what is the perfect diet? What does that look like? What is, what is the one diet that everybody should be eating? And the, tr- the real answer to that is it totally depends. But with that, I think that there's very important underlying foundational things that should be a part of everybody's diet. So one of the best things that you guys know that I talk about is you need to be the alpha of your health. No practitioner, no coach, no lifestyle guru can tell you what the perfect diet is. That's why I don't write meal plans because I can't tell you what perfect diet it is. But what I can do is I can teach you, hey, let's try adding in these some fo- these foods. Let's try kind of messing and altering and changing up your lifestyle a little bit to kind of fit around this diet so we can see what works and what doesn't. And we can see how you feel and you can give me feedback so then I can help you kind of change and adjust. But when you're just given a meal plan, eat this, then eat this, then eat this, then that teaches you nothing. And you have no idea if it's really working for you because you can't be on it forever. You can't eat that forever. And so I'm a really big fan of really learning what your body wants and knowing how to get the most from the information that your body's telling you. Do you get a headache? Do you get an energy crash? Do you get stomach pains? Do you feel lethargic? Do you get more cravings after you eat something? Because if you do, that food in particular probably might not work for you. Some foods, you know, that can be really healthy for some people, like, you know, tomatoes, um, peppers, things like that, that, you know, over... When you look at the nutritional profile, they can be healthy for some people, but sometimes those nightshade vegetables really are triggering for people, especially if there's any type of autoimmunity. Um, That's why there's all these different kind of like mini protocols, right? Or, okay, so let's say like resistant starches, right? I talked about those on my Instagram today, how they can be really beneficial when you're in the second phase of your cycle. If you have candida or SIBO, that's probably not something you should be eating. So... (laughs) I I realize like, as I'm saying these things, like, oh my gosh, the complexity and you know, the different things. And I think that's why, you know, it's important when you can work with a practitioner. So, you know, kind of what to, what to kind of, I don't know, limits and avoid for a healing phase and whatnot. But I am really a big fan of you getting to know what works best for you in your body. So, um, For instance, let's go to like the kind of basic things that pretty much every diet should include. So I think that every diet should include an immense amount of nutrient density. So nutrient density can come in multiple different forms, whether people uh, really enjoy eating a lot of plant-based foods. So maybe things like in in season is where you're going to get the most nutrient density. Frozen, you're going to get the least. So in season, the most frozen the least amount of nutrient density. So fresh is great. In season is even better. Um, so if you're getting things like, you know, plants, non-starchy vegetables, 
they should make up kind of, you know, a vast majority of your plate. Nutrient density can also come from things like sprouts, like broccoli sprouts, radish sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, tons and tons of different nutrient profiles, you know, um, different cuts of animal products and organ meats, incredibly nutrient dense. Liver is the most nutrient dense thing on the planet. It really is. I mean, no vegetable is as nutrient dense as liver is. And I get that liver is weird and it's only weird because we've made it weird. It's no different than any other part of the animal. No different. It might taste a little bit different, but all in all, it literally is no different. And if you mix it with, so we just will get some ground liver and mix it with, you know, ground meat or ground turkey, ground chicken, beef, whatever, you know, put like an ounce of that with four ounces of other meat and you don't even taste it and you get all of that nutrition. And it's not something you have to eat every day. It's something you can, we don't have to, you know, other nutrient dense things, heart, heart. We just had last night. It's great. It tastes just like steak. In my opinion, beef heart tastes just like steak. It's, I made it in a stir fry with some, what did I have? Um, some sauteed spinach, some carrots, some broccoli, some oregano, some chives. Oh my gosh, it was delicious. And then I put a little bit of the Primal Kitchen teriyaki. That's a really nutrient-dense meal. I got a lot of good plant foods that do, do well with my body, and I got some high-quality animal foods. With the plant spectrum, you know, you want to know how your body feels because there's some foods that I, you know, cruciferous vegetables, it's a, that's a big one I talk about with hormonal stuff, right? So cruciferous vegetables are great, but if someone's got gut stuff going on, that's probably not the best issue. Or if they feel bloated or super inflamed from eating that, they probably want to kind of fix whatever's going on before they just force themselves to eat it because they feel like they should, because it's so healthy. You know what I mean? So I think that the, my, my point of this, this, um, talk is to, you know, help you guys understand how you can really be the alpha of your health and how you can find the best diet for you because your diet will change and evolve, especially as your journey changes and evolves. Maybe you're in like a healing phase right now and you've got some gut stuff. And so you want to be a little bit more, you know, picky with things that you're, you're choosing or not choosing to eat because you don't want to cause a flare, which is smart. You don't want to cause a flare, especially in a healing phase. You want the inflammation to go down. But at the end of the day, once things are healed, you can know how certain things, you know, how, how certain things are. So all in all, you know, when, when I'm thinking of building my plate, I think of, you know, a vast majority of my plate is going to be some type of non-starchy vegetable, whether it's cauliflower, broccoli, um, sauteed seasonal greens. Maybe I love arugula cause it's a nice bitter green. That's really good for digestion. Um, I think of, oh gosh, zucchini. Um, even, I don't know, some people would can maybe consider zucchini a starch. I wouldn't, it's, it's not very, it's not very starchy in my opinion. And then, you know, like a handful or like a fist size of like a starchy vegetable. So I don't do a ton of like rice and things like that all the time. I just, I'd rather do my starchy carbs from like a vegetable, like beets or carrots, turnips, um, maybe a sweet potato here and there, you know, regular potato, uh, things like that. But you know, I, if you can kind of portion it to like a fist size, that's a really good start because you're still going to get all the, all the benefits. Um, but it kind of also helps a little bit with portion control. And then I load up with, you know, four to 
eight ounces of protein, depending on how much I need, you know, depending on what my workload is that day. It also, that should depend on like the size of you and also like your workload, your training, how much protein you've had in the day. And then, you know, a serving of fat, whether that's a half an avocado or, you know, a teaspoon or two of grass fed butter or some olives or some olive oil, you know, I typically do, you know, like a serving ish of, of fat at least, um, because I just tend to, I do really well consuming a good amount of fat. And plus one thing that we're also missing, or at least I was missing when I was in the quote unquote macro space is, um, please stop cooking your vegetables with spray and actually cook them with a fat that can help extract the nutrients from it. The fat soluble nutrients found in things like ghee, grass fed butter, avocado oil, and coconut oil, those help you actually get more nutrients out of the food that you're eating. So when you're just spraying things in spray because it saves in calories, it's not saving really because your body can't really get that much out of the nutrients that it's trying to eat. So put a teaspoon or two of oil. It's not going to deter your progress by any means. It's going to help you get more nutrition out of your food, but just do it because it's, I am so, I, it just makes me cringe how I, how I used to so avoid things like that, that would really make me get more out of what I'm eating, but I just avoided it because I was afraid I would gain weight. And that was not the case at all. If anything, I was probably heavier than when I was being so meticulous about every single gram of every single thing that went into my body. That's, it didn't serve me. And I'm not saying it's, it, I'm not saying that it doesn't help other people because I know it does, but it just, it didn't work for me. And if it's not working for you, that's okay. Because there's a lot of other ways that you can be healthy. And so if you can build your meals out like this and put the foods in there that serve you well, you're off to a really great start. So, you know, we've got all these camps, we've got vegan, we've got keto, we've got carnivore, we've got paleo. Um, God, I don't even know. Those are like the main camps, right? And you know, there's some meals that I tend to do more plant-based with and only a little, actually, no, that's kind of a lie. I pretty much always have an animal source of protein, but you know, I have nothing wrong with eating. I love eating seasonal vegetables and fruits. So especially in the spring, summer, fall, I'm eating a lot more of that stuff. Whereas in the winter, I feel like I don't eat as much, but I don't like to put myself in this camp. I'm just the camp of real food. I think that's I think that's also kind of the camp that most people are in. I think that's the one common ground that most diets have is hey, let's just eat real food. But that's just kind of not how it comes across. It comes across as the extreme sides of each where it should be the benefits of each, which is less processed foods, eating more real foods. You know, I'm very like a lot of these are I think that probably if anything paleo-ish would be more consistent with an ancestral type diet and I kind of align with an ancestral type diet but I will eat organic sprouted grains sometimes and I love some raw grass-fed dairy so I don't know you know I can't put myself in that camp because there's there's things that I do that that wouldn't be included in that and that's totally fine with me so anyways without putting yourself in a camp put yourself in the category of you don't choose to eat a lot of processed foods and you choose to eat foods as they are occurring in nature, like fresh, like you'd pick it right off the ground or, you know, you'd harvest it from the animal. It's that, 
that's what that is. And so I think that if we can get back to that, and then also if you can adopt the plate idea that I had kind of had, you know, lots of leafy greens and not even just leafy greens, sorry, non-starchy vegetables, then add in whatever starchy vegetables that you find that you do good with, add the protein that you feel that you do good with and that aligns with you and add in those healthy fats. You are building yourself a really good lifestyle right there. That's a really great start. You're not you're not being dogmatic. You're doing what feels good for your body. And, you know, maybe certain fruits and vegetables don't do well with you. And that's totally fine. You don't have to include those. Maybe try to find out why they're not doing well. Maybe if it's like a gut thing or an autoimmune thing, or maybe you just don't do well with them. That's fine. Same thing with me. I see a lot of people, they say, you know, I really wish I could eat red meat, but I just can't. Hey, don't just write it off. Maybe, maybe look into like low stomach acid, look into low B12, because that's a big reason I see a lot of people struggle with digesting red meat is they have very bad stomach acid or poor low and low stomach acid. So, you know, just listen to your body, know what feels good for your body, but also kind of try to look for, you know, the reasons to why. So then you can maybe open up your options a little bit, you know? Um, but Anyways, yeah, that's kind of what my answer is when people say, what is the perfect diet? This is definitely a long-winded answer, but there's really no perfect diet in the foods that I really like to enjoy. You know, sometimes they might not agree with certain people, but I think all the principles are the same. And if you can kind of be the alpha of your health, figure out what foods you do best with and go from there, I think you're off to a phenomenal start and you will evolve and change and grow and adapt throughout the way. But if you can get away from the standard American diet, which is labeled the sad diet, which is so ironic and so true, standard American diet is sad, getting as far away from that as you possibly can and getting more to of an ancestral type, real food, less processed diet, you are doing yourself, your environment, your health, our world's health, you are doing it such a great service. So that is in my mind the ideal diet, you know, depending on where we originated from, our genetics are more programmed to certain things like certain genetics do much better with higher carb. You know, if you're more, you know, closer to the equator and you do better with those tropical fruits and those carbs that might, you might, you're going to do better with that. Whereas if you are more Northern, you know, further from the equator, you were more protein and fats and that's okay. That's just what your genetics might be designed for. Or maybe you are from, you know, you, it, You can't just go off of your genetics though, but that is kind of an explanation of why certain cultures can get away with just eating crap loads of tropical fruit and loving it and being great. And that's just kind of how they evolved. Whereas others, they evolved to eat more fats and protein because they didn't have the access to those tropical carbs and fruits and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's kind of something to take into effect as well, but it's really at the end of the day, so important that you just really take that internal look and see what feels good for you. And if you're not sure what feels good, start a food diary, not to obsess over what you're eating, but so that you can look and see how foods are affecting you. So if you write things down, you write down breakfast, you know, everything that you're having. And then I like when people include symptoms with it. So not just what you're eating, but okay, you know, an hour after you ate, you you had a craving for chocolate or you felt like you need another cup of coffee or you felt like you could take a nap, whatever, whatever that symptom is, write it down so that as you kind of get these symptoms, you know, as you kind of get some data, you can kind of make a correlation. Wow, that's interesting. Every time I ate oats, I felt like I needed, you know, something to eat an hour later. Oh, every time I ate this, 
I feel, I felt tired and I felt like I needed a cup of coffee. Like, you know, and, and those will be different for everybody. Um, but if you can kind of be consistent and, and take a look at what your food journal and your food diary looks like, you can really make some awesome correlations for yourself and you really can be your own best advocate. And I think it will really teach you a lot. And so I hope that you guys give that a shot and please let me know what you find, if you find it helpful and all in all, let's just get back to eating real foods and finding what works best for us. Because at the end of the day, that is the most important thing. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Always happy to bring you guys this awesome information. And it makes me happy to know that you enjoy it. I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week.